This episode of Bushwick's Breakaway is brought to you by our Patreon subscribers. Couldn't do it without you, honestly. Seriously couldn't do it. And... Because of that, we're releasing our oral history of Blue Shirts Breakaway with me and Greg. Our good friend Jeff comes on and interviews us for about an hour and 20 minutes about the whole history of the show. And if you're a Patreon subscriber, it's up now. And our, I mean, if you're listening, the podcast is also sponsored by this new guy. I guess I'm going to play him now. Hi, everybody. It's Mark Messier. And you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast. Make sure you tune in to find out all the latest news. Hope everybody's enjoying their summer. Let's go Rangers. Welcome to another week of the Bushwitch Breakaway. I am your host, Ryan Mead, and I am here with my co-host, Greg Kaplan. Greg, do you know who just said hello to us on the intro to this show? No. <laughs> you, uh, you forgot, ooh. didn't you? <laughs> no, let me, let me see. Let me see. Let me okay. see. I got this. I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. I'm going to go with... All right. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Butch Husky. It is not Butch Husky. Let's try again. we got two more shots. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Oh, all right. Uh, let, so uh, Rangers I'll, podcast. I'll make. I'll help you out. Hold right? on, Greg. I'm going to give you some cheats. We're going to go phone. Okay. To the, we're going to go to the audience real quick. It's okay. it's not okay. it's not John Franco, and okay. it's not uh, your mother or Meg. Okay. Oh, Meg. Poor Meg. Yeah. Classic. All right. Well, Meg, if Meg's those aren't the right. options, then it's got to be Benoit Pouliot. Oh, such an underrated player. Am I closer? Am I closer? You're getting there. You're close. It wasn't him. Okay. Okay. But I okay. think okay. it was, you know, you're close. Okay. Okay. One more All-time chance. All-time Ranger great. Yeah. All-time so, Ranger great. Again, Benoit, it, Benoit Pouliot. <laughs> still, still applies. <laughs> still applies. Uh, yeah, was, is there a guarantee involved? Yeah. It was like, he was like, we'll win. Sometime, God, there's still. You know what? I'm still hearing Pouliot. Everything you say, it's true. It's a um, classic Pouliot quote. <laughs> was it? Was it in English? It was, and he didn't like good English. Yeah, he, like but, he, English but he wasn't. English? He wasn't a defenseman. He said very clearly, "You're listening to the number one New York Rangers podcast." All right, all right, English. So probably not Yager because he would have been no. funny and did it in like Portuguese. Right, he would have been like, "I'm st- I'm still playing hockey and you're still podcasting." You, you know, I'm just gonna th- I'm just gonna say Mark okay. Messier. Whoa, Greg, how'd you how'd you guess that? <laughs> wow, the captain, the Messiah, saying that Blue Shirts Breakaway is the number one Rangers podcast out there. Oh, thank you for listening. Wow, thanks, Mark. Really appreciate that. Totally didn't pay him to do that, so that's super nice of us. So can I set a stage for you now? Yeah, I can set. Can I set? Can I set the stage for you? Yeah, now? set it for me, please. Uh, all right. Okay. So lights. Let's take the a curtain. Let's comes take. Off. Let's let's pull back the curtain. Pull yes. back the curtain. Yes. Snapshot. Day in the life. Greg Kaplan. Oh wow. Went to the went to the track yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, was coming off a heater on Saturday. Had a really good Saturday. Cool. First time in my life I left the racetrack up money. It was a good feeling. So proud of you. First race of the first race of the day. Horse in the race by the name of Cleon Jones. You don't know what, who Cleon Jones is. He why caught the, the final out the of the 1969 World I know Series. that. He, because he's a Met, <laughs> okay. so you should know that. Oh. Uh, caught the oh. final out of the 1969 World Series. So you bet him. Got it. So, so yeah, bet him. Uh, he won. So I'm thinking in my head, the dumb-dumb I am, dope. My heater's going to carry over from Saturday. I'm about to have the world's greatest Sunday. Uh, after going over the next nine races, Ryan, just completely bamboozled, uh, hoodwinked, yep. hoodwinked, 
Uh, every other word that Ja Rule said about the Fire Festival documentaries, that was me. I decided to leave the track a little early on Sunday. Get a get a head start on the rush home. Seems like a right, a right pick up way. some groceries. Oh, I know where you're you going. Know, with do this some now. Yeah. do some adult things. Do some adult things. Mm-hmm. It's about a 25, 30 minute drive from Saratoga back to Troy. Uh, We're really so setting the stage here. I can visually really see you doing all these things. Lovely, lovely drive. Mm-hmm. Listen to the Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack, which hey, is a burner. Hey. Yeah, really good. Get to the grocery store. You guys are in the Slack talking about this ridiculous thing that you're going to go into detail about on the Patreon bonus extra. Uh, I yeah, am. Look at this. I even hey, you even plugged. A, you even plugged. I did it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, First, yeah. Mark Messier. I'm on, I'm on a, then I'm on a, a plug for the Blue Switch Breakaway Patreon, where you could become a subscriber today and join our Discord, get a T-shirt, get a sticker, whatever else you'd like. Message today. That's find out. Okay, that one. Nice. Keep going. Yes. Uh, yes. Are recording. Are you too. texting? Sorry, I am some, now also. Are you texting, texting right now with the fucking show? <laughs> are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> You're telling uh, a story. Get, it's not even. I'm talking. <laughs> I get to the grocery store. I get to the grocery store. Yes. The, the slack. The slack's bro- blowing up because yeah. of the thing that you have talked about mm-hmm. on our overtime breakaway. Yes. Which is for our ten dollar and up uh, Patreon yes. uh-huh, subscribers. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm basically ignoring you guys because it sounds ridiculous. I think you're going to get kidnapped. We'll get to that. My kid is still around. And then you drop this line like, guys, I want to talk to you about how my night's going. I know Greg's busy because the Mets are doing things, so he's not around. And I'm just like, I'm like, "What what the fuck are you talking about? What do you mean the Mets are doing things? They already won. The game's been over for two plus hours. What could you possibly be talking about? And then someone else, I believe it was Nick, jumps into the slack and goes, oh, the Mets traded for guys. And I was like, oh, and no. And your night exploded. New York Rangers podcast. Yep. Well, no, that, that's the thing, though. When, when Nick just says, oh, the, Nick, the Mets are trading guys, I was like, great. They traded Syndergaard. I'm about to have to go on a rant of all rants and just freak the fuck out about everything. Pop open the Twitter sphere. I see a, a tweet from uh, Big Ears, Jeff Passan himself. Uh, sources, the New York Mets have acquired Marcus Stroman from the Toronto Blue Jays. What? What? So yeah, I'm thinking, all right, yep. three-team deal. What do the Mets get from the Padres when they sent Syndergaard do, over there? Do you know what I'm really uh-huh. hoping you do? Sometimes you do these, these stories, and then at the end you do And then know, it happens, like the news breaks while I do the story? No, close. Um, uh, okay. Sometimes you do these stories, and at the end you go, and that's why this reminds me of the New York Rangers. So I'm waiting for that uh, moment. <laughs> well, the trade deadline and the Rangers buyout window now both uh, happen to be the same thing. So I'm just going to – you know what? Okay. I just can't believe. It. I'll, I'll set. A, I'll set a in conclusion. For you. In conclusion. Okay. In conclusion. Okay. In conclusion. Yes. If the New York Mets trade Noah Syndergaard and use Marcus Stroman as the reason why they should trade Noah Syndergaard, colossally fucking stupid. That is the conclusion. And it, and that's like if the Rangers trade Chris Kreider for only money purposes got it nailed it okay and my sunday and a much shorter version of that is i opened the paper in newsday and my face was a full page ad that's it it was amazing uh then i went to some weird interview which i'll talk about later okay oh, uh, you sure did oh boy thanks how are we doing uh all right enough inside jokes now let's talk about the rangers and everything that's going on right now uh since mark messia called us the number one rangers podcast some things have happened one of those things being our boy, our Russian son, our uh, of the protected or the heralded child before Kapokako of Twitter, Rangers Twitter, uh, Pavel Buchnevich has signed for a two-year deal. A bridge deal, in fact. And all my sources have said that 
that was asked for by Butchnevich, and uh, I'm sure the Rangers would have tried to sign him for longer, but he wanted the bridge deal to try and get one big deal at the end of it. Are we feeling actual sources that we've actually talked about on this podcast before, not just us saying things? Yeah, multiple sources, by the way, not just one. So yes. um, also, fuck, fuck you, evolving wild. I'm just getting that out of the way. What, I wait, say it why? Here. Wait, tell me why. Explain to the audience why you. Fuck well, because this all this whole shit started with evolving wild and the predictive model saying Booch was going to sign a two year deal around the number he actually signed for, and then we started hearing from sources that in fact Booch Nevich wanted a two year contract anyway, but. Our uh, angst started with Evolving Wilds. Actually, really good contract prediction. Yeah, they're fantastic at what they do. Um, smart, smart fuckers. Smart. Hashtag smart fuckers. <laughs> Hashtag smart fuckers. Uh, now, Butch Savage being here for two years is, is not a bad thing. We saw his play no. really improve. I'm really interested to see how he plays with Panarin this year. Uh, if he ever gets the chance to play with Panarin, that is. Probably won't, actually, now that I think about it. But plays on a sort of new team where he has a new role. And I think he could really advance himself even more so. I think he's going to be on the third line a lot, especially on this team. And, well, You think I, he's going to be a third line player this year? I kind of do. I think he gets shoved down I, a little. I do not. Really? Where do By you... whom? By whom? Mm. May I ask? By whom? Well, I guess Kreider's going to be this gone, is... right? So never mind. Well, no, just, but not even remember that. I mean, David Quinn has proven to be a coach who makes his rookies earn their playing time. We're talking about a coach who uh, I see scratched Tony D'Angelo for the majority of the season. Yeah. Uh, Filipino Leah Sanderson lived on the fourth line for the majority of the season. This is this is a coach who does not just give kids playing time. If you come in to David Quinn's camp and you want to have a serious role on the New York Rangers, you're going to have to earn it. The only exception to this rule, even Brett Howden, who felt like he had a longer leash than most, Still wasn't a guy getting top six minutes. Well, the reason why I said that is he's, he's a left wing. And when we talked to Colin even just a couple minutes ago, and by the way, we have Colin Stevenson on Newsday on today. It's a great interview we have coming up talking about Rangers buyouts that before they happen. And uh, they probably will happen soon as soon as we post this. Um, uh, Pavel plays left wing, right? And so does Kreider and so does uh, uh, Panarin. So you know, I think Booch plays on the right. I, I have it here. Hockey B line. Hockey reference. B line. Says he plays left wing. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I just. An embarrassing moment for both KZB of us. we think the KZB line, no, maybe you, I just like, maybe me, in my head I'm, I just read left it, to right, not right to left. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. I, I, I don't we're, know. We're going to get flamed for this no matter what we do here, right? Oh, 100%. Yeah, Fuck yeah, it. Yeah. We don't know anything. You we, guys already know this. You, you, yeah, these guys are idiots. They have a podcast. How do they not know which position? Uh, blah, blah, blah. Um, either either way. Either way. My point is, Bucci's going to get, I say he was getting right a ton of top six around the end of last season. As long as he shows up to camp in shape and does what we expect Booch to do in camp, he will continue to get top six minutes because I hope, at least, Quinn is going to make the kids earn it. Kako is not just going to be given first-line minutes because he's Kappa Kako, praise be. Yeah. Um, it's it's just not it's not Quinn's MO. It, it, I know it's only been a year of Quinn, but last year was eye-opening when it came to how he expects players to earn their spots in lineups. So... I personally would be stunned if, for the majority of the season, Pavel Buchnevich was playing third-line minutes. Now, I say all that because this, this gets to my larger Buchnevich point that I want to talk to you about. Go for it. I admire Pavel Buchnevich from making this bet on himself because he's basically saying, I think over the next two years I'm going to be good enough to warrant a longer, richer extension from, the, from whatever, probably the New York Rangers because it'll still be a restricted free agent. So this is 100% a 
a bet on himself. It is a bold bet on himself because if Buchnevich doesn't either at minimum maintain the level of play he had in the final six weeks of last season, if not exceed that, he's now playing on a hockey team where he is at best the Rangers' fourth most important winger moving forward. And that's at best. I think that's at best, right? Because so Kako Panarin, Krastoff. Krastoff, yep. Okay. And then if the Rangers decide they want to keep Kreider around, we're now talking about the fifth most important winger mm-hmm. long-term for the New York Rangers. That's true. And then if, if you go if you go from there, I mean, the thing working in Booch's favor is after Kako and Krastoff, there still aren't, like Brendan Lemieux is not going to become more important long-term. No, no not at all. Than Pavel Buchnevich. I mean, and you if can you look at the case, Rangers' farm system, you can make a case most for of Hedl, guys. Like if Hedl went to the wing, you could make a case he would be number four for sure. Yeah, at the same, th- the Rangers, from what they've done this offseason, it feels like they're making a really large bet that Hedl is the, a center of the future. What about because Leas? think about it, dude. I, I know Leas plays center, but you could play him on the wing well, too. Leas too. The Rangers are making a big bet that they have, they've figured out their centers. They haven't added a center. So that means right now your top four centers. You said they have a center, but they put Greg McKegg all over my face, Greg. He's around, okay? He's <laughs> sure, here. but again, you're still talking about a depth center. Like long-term speaking, the Rangers are banking on Howden, Leas, and Heedle to be centers. You're right. You're that's, right. The, that's the bet they're making. Um, again, if they keep Strom, which is it feels 50-50 at this point, Strom will occupy a center spot on this team but he is not a long-term option. So, yeah, I'd, I'd still say best-case scenario for Pavel Buchnevich in the environment he lives in now, he is the Rangers' fourth most important winger. And before this, before the Rangers got the – part of the reason why you and I were freaking out during the season about Pavel Buchnevich possibly signing a bridge deal is because they didn't have Kako and they didn't have Panarin. There was a scenario where the Rangers draft eighth, Sixth, seventh, or eighth in this year's draft. God, I don't want to live in that world, and I don't, baby. Right, but there there was a scenario where the Rangers don't sign Panarin and they don't draft Kako, which all of a sudden made Buchnevich your second most important long term wing. Wow, imagine and, that. Well, that like, there's no way we would have signed him to a bridge deal, right? We would have pushed him at, at all costs to get him to. But at, at the end of the day, all all Pavel Buchnevich has to say is, "I'm not signing long term," and he gets the bridge deal, which is. Maybe what he said from the get-go. It works out now that the Rangers have better options and they needed a lower cap number because of the manifestation of the roster as is. But when you and I were having these conversations after the trade deadline last year, we were freaking out about a bridge deal because outside of Kravtsov, it was Pavel Buchnevich. It was Chris Kreider, Buchnevich, Kravtsov. That was it. And we didn't know if Kreider was going to be here long-term. So so much has changed since the end of last season that if people go back and listen to those podcasts and they hear you and me being like, we're going to be fucking pissed off. First off, why would you do that to anybody? It's going to be fucking stupid. It's only going to cost the Rangers more money in the long run. All those things were true. I've only gone back and listened to like one or two of our episodes ever. And I think that was like Momcast and the question. Yes. That's it. And if you wanted to go, but if you go back, right. We said those things. We were freaking out. We were. So I don't want people to be like, oh, they flip-flopped. We didn't flip-flop. The entire picture changed. We went from reviewing a really good eighth-grade finger painting 
to looking at fucking Jackson Pollock. The way you said finger painting there was really... And we had to give a different really, opinion. It was really pleasurable. It was wonderful. Thank you. <laughs> I loved what he did with the use of yellow. It really spoke to me. Yeah, the, the way the it clashed with the, the green. The orange dots really are, accentuate yeah. the purple. That's color. Yeah. That's color. He looked like. Baby. How much? How much cocaine do you think Jackson Pollock has done in his life? Is too much. It's too much was not enough. That's all I know. Like on on a scale of on a scale of you to Pablo Escobar, I think probably like Dwight Gooden, Scarface. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think he has more mushrooms and some other psychedelics, but who knows? Uh, but back to Buchnevich, you know, uh, not an active drug user. He, him himself uh, really did bet on himself. I do think he ends up getting extended for me. I, the thing is, like, with Buchnevich, what was the deal he's probably looking for? He probably looked at Kevin Hayes and said, whoa, I can get that money. I'm better than Kevin Hayes. Like, I, I'm sure he believes that. How could he not? He's definitely well, a lot of time. I, I don't I, – I... I don't think he has to look at Hayes and be like, oh, that's that's the way I should go. I mean, we're not too far removed, and I think you for, have forgotten a little bit. Look at Chris Kreider. Kreider came off his entry-level contract and signed a two-year, 2.48 bridge deal with the Rangers. Well, Chris also took sort of a t- team-friendly deal with us. That was partially because he couldn't stay healthy. Right. The last year of Kreider's bridge deal was the 2015 16 season he was healthy that year but he posted 21 goals 22 assists 43 points and that was on heels of a 46 point year the year before that so Kreider Buchnevich is kind of on the Kreider model which is crazy to say as much shit as Pavel Buchnevich eats from some of some people on not on Rangers Twitter he he really is on the Chris Kreider path and I feel like we overlook that sometimes. He does have a lot of similarities, right? Well, except I, I guess he does kind of sort of disappear in certain games. Sometimes you can show talent that you feel Booch, like. Booch was, so Kreider, the year Kreider signed his bridge was 43 points in 79 games. Booch had 38 and 64 games last year. And that's partially because he missed six weeks due to the shoulder injury. Year before that, Buchnevich had 43 points in 74 games which is right on pace with Kreider. The difference being Kreider's point totals were goal-driven, and last year was the first year that Booch eclipsed 20 goals. But the numbers are eerily similar with the two. So We'll see how that plays out. Let's actually talk about one other thing that happened in the New York Rangers uh, organization today, and that's where they signed Mr. Uh, Knobloch to be the Hartford coach. You and I know nothing about him, really, except for the fact that he coached as a Philly assistant, and he also won a shit ton of games in the minor leagues. Um, it seems like a good signing. No, uh, in, the, in, in, in juniors, in Jun- Canadian juniors. Oh, juniors. He, my, my apologies. Yeah, he was Connor McDavid's junior coach. Oh, okay. Well, that reads more. So, I, uh, Connor McDavid of the Rangers confirmed, first of all. Oh, can you imagine? What would we do? Um, what's, what's today's date? Today is the 29th of July, yep. 2019. 7.55 p.m., yep. So usually I have, what, a two-year intuition on these things? You do. You're, it's like a two-year lead time to get someone to the team. So I guess we cool. got to start Congratu- now, right? 2021. You wanted the Rangers to be contenders by 2021? Well, when Connor McDavid is centering Artemi Panarin, I think you're going to be very happy. God, that's a fucking wet dream. What, when is Connor McDavid's contract up? Way too long from now? I'm looking now. Yeah, never. Never. Like never, never. right? It's like, yeah. It's got like six more years. Pretty sure it. the NHL let him ever leave Edmonton. 
That's so dumb. Well, because if well, if he leaves, they don't have a team, right? That's how that works. Okay. Um, enough of that. Uh, so we signed a Hartford coach. Apparently, there was a bunch of different interviews that happened. Two people got the job offer, and he's the one that took it. Seems like a smart hire. Really analytics driven. I'm okay with it. Maybe Hartford will be good this yeah. year. Yeah. No, I, I I'll go one step further because you're doing the like the yeoman's version of was this a good hire? Yes, it was. I, I go one step further and think this is one of the better hires the Rangers could have made outside of somehow convincing Sheldon Keefe to leave the Marlies, which would never happen. He's never leaving Toronto. No, I am Keefe, now convinced. Keefe's going to coach the Leafs once he can. But Knobloch, the thing I like about Knobloch the most is he has a long record of success in junior hockey, which is and development. a developmental league. Mm-hmm. And the New York Rangers, it's about time they start treating Hartford like a properly run development structure, especially this year. The Rangers have done a lot of good low-key moves to bolster the Hartford roster. The Phil DiGiuseppes, the Greg McKeggs, the Bunieveses, they've kept these guys around and have made that team better with veteran presence. At the same time, Hartford is going to be – the youngest it's ever been in a very long time. This roster, Igor Rykov is going to spend time down there. Joey Keane, Sean Day, Darren Radish, Ryan Lindgren. These are just the defensemen. Ville Meskinen, uh, there's a possibility. We still have to live in a world where Vitaly Kravtsovs gets some time in Hartford. It would not be surprising. I, I'd Gettinger, be a little surprised. A little bit. Just a little. I don't. I, I, Heedle didn't spend the entire year, his first year in New York. So I think it would be unfair to expect Kravtsov to spend his entire first year in New York. Uh, I just think it's a different time. I think they were tr- weren't trying to. I guess they did burn Heedle's contract anyway, right? So maybe you're right. I just, I, I just, yeah. I feel like Kravtsov's definitely going to be up from day one. Either way, they're finally treating Hartford like a developmental stream, something they haven't done for years, and Hartford has fallen off a cliff. We've seen performances down there stagnant. It's been a problem. And one of the things Davidson said when he took over, he said a lot of great things. The best thing he said was they were going to give a fuck about Hartford again. And they were going to make – he used the Hurricanes as an example of what he wants the Rangers to be. And the Hurricanes sent their ECHL team to the championship. They sent their AHL team to the championship. And we saw what the Hurricanes did this year in the postseason. The Rangers are giving a fuck again about Hartford. And this is the right guy to have behind the bench to help nurture your younger players that, by the way, you want to be making an impact in New York soon. So we have, we've, we've been very uh, – a lot of applause has gone towards JD and the things he's done since he's come in. I think this one, even louder than Panarin, deserves a standing ovation because this is him saying exactly what he wanted to do. This is him taking his time to make sure he found the right guy. And this is him identifying a near perfect candidate for what he wants Hartford to look like long-term. And that deserves a fuckload of credit, a credit. Been nothing but happy with everything John Davidson has done since he's gotten here. Just uh, everything he says, every quote he has about uh, in the Wyshynski article, Wyshynski, I can't, Greg Wyshynski, uh, what is happening? Wyshynski? Wyshynski? I couldn't do it. Um, his article where he's pretty much like, hey, everyone has to calm down. We might not make the playoffs next year. We're building. We're going to be a good team, but, you know, we're not going to win the cup or anything. Like, just John Davidson saying that 
not that's not verbatim. That was some of my words paraphrasing there, but puts me at ease. Like it's like holy shit, we have a self-aware front office. How nice is that? That's amazing. Um, what else are we gonna talk about this week? I guess we gotta talk about Gusev, Gusev, going to. Uh, I always like how you try and make the Russian name sound. I don't know, foreign. Yeah. It's just Gusev. Gusev. Don't overthink it. What are you doing? I like overthinking. Who's Gusev. Doing? Uh, the Devils, unfortunately, make a great move here today. Uh, by it's a great move. Great move. Trading, a, I, I believe, is a second and a third uh, for yes. Gusev from the Vegas Knights who are hard-capped. And pretty much the scouting report on Gusev, from what I've read, is he is very similar to Panarin in the fact that he was one of the best players in the KHL for multiple years. And one of the highest scoring players, and he's demanding a 4.5 uh, million salary per year. The Devils had the cap space to do that, and that's why they traded for him. I'm a little upset. I would have loved to have him as the Rangers, but as you know, the Rangers are in salary cap hell right now and have some problems of their own to deal with. So, uh, yeah, the rivalry I, is pretty, heating up it, super quick. It's pretty universally accepted that Nikita Gusev was the best hockey player playing hockey outside of the NHL at the beginning of last year, and he did nothing last year to dissuade anyone from thinking that wasn't true. Mm-hmm. Um, at the price point he was traded for, which we knew pretty much since the draft that it would take a second and a third to get the deal done. If on the New York Rangers, it would have been great to have him. But like you said, the Rangers are in cap hell. And at some point in time, you have to take stock of what the Rangers have done. And think and ask yourself, what would you have done differently to make room for Nikita Gusev? Because even even if the Rangers wanted to move Buchnevich and turn him into Gusev, uh, they still signed. The Rangers were already over the cap when they signed Buchnevich. They're over the cap as soon as they were done with Panarin and Truba. So it's it's one of those things. It's just like you can't. Sometimes you can't have your cake and eat it too. Uh, the thing that sucks is. He goes to the Devils, who have had an no amazing, worse than an amazing as good an offseason as yep. the Rangers. Yep. I I personally, bias asides and all, I I still love what the Rangers have done. But think about what the Devils have done: Jack Hughes, Nikita Gusev, PK Subban, and they gave nothing up to get Subban and Wayne Simmons. They gave up. They gave up. This is hard to believe. They gave up less for Subban than the Rangers gave up for Truba. That's crazy. Because um, they, they didn't give up a first-round pick. Like, yes, it wasn't the Rangers' first-round pick, but the Rangers still gave up a first for Truba. I know. Uh, I know Wayne Simmons on a, a one-year, five million. Wayne Simmons on a one-year deal. So you're not even asking Wayne Simmons to be like Wayne Simmons of old. You just need him to be a solid depth player. Um, they've done so much good, and they're going to add in Ty Smith to the mix this year. Mm-hmm. They've Drew added so much depth. They've added so much depth to the roster that this is a team that was playing Drew Stafford top six minutes last year. So them simply not doing that this year is going to make them better. They still have a lot of question marks in goal. Uh, I'm personally not 100% a believer in Mackenzie Blackwood. I don't know what you're going to get from Corey Schneider this year. There's a lot the Devils have to do in net, but Jesus Christ, they are so much better than they were last year. All while, by the way, the New York Islanders are just sitting there with a fucking thumb up their ass. I know. It's great. The poor it's just Islanders. great. Poor Islanders. I fucking love it. What I are you know. nuts? I'm kidding. I don't really care about them at all. I think I really want to make that bet. Hey, sports betting is legal now, right? New York. 
Yeah, what do I need to do? Are you going? Re- are you going soon? Check what the point total for the Islanders are, because I, I, I want to place an under on that. Because I saw, I'll go, I'll go Wednesday. I'll go Wednesday. I'll keep post- remind I, me Wednesday. I think I saw like ninety three or ninety four points for them, and I want to slam that under. And I will send you. We'll talk about it off air. Um, <laughs> you, you are, We'll talk about it off air because I'm about to say things that could be incriminating in the world of court. Cor- so correct. So yeah, let's just get that. We got we got a five star question or two five star questions that we're going to Colin Stevenson and Newsday. Here we go. If you want to leave a five-star question of the week, you can go to our iTunes today. Type in New York Rangers or Blue Shirts Breakaway. You can find us right away. Go to the five-star questions section. Leave a five-star question, and we will answer it on the show. This is from Exheed. Exheed. I'm a big fan of the podcast. I was wondering what your mm-hmm. thoughts were on the Rangers goaltender situation and who gets to go to the minors at the start. I believe Igor Shesturkin will be going to the minors. You do it. You do it again. It, it's just Shesturkin. <laughs> <laughs> like you're overthinking it. You uh, can either do Shes Shesterkin or Shes Yorkin. I like really Shes Yorkin there. I like Shes Yorkin more. Shes Yorkin. Fine, but the way you do it is like Shes. I guess it's you. It, like it's it, it's like it's like it, it's literally you coming your pants. It, I, I will blame like, Street Fighter in the many years of playing fighting games of people that scream nonsensical things as they shoot laser beams out of their hands for that reason. Okay, that's what I'm going for. You can blame whatever you want. Okay, and my, so how do and, we... and my father. So I think Igor will go start in the minor leagues at this point. I think Georgiev has earned his spot. Honestly, yeah, honestly, as as he should. Not just because one, he needs to get used to playing in North America, which I think is something that we understate. And two, Georgiev hasn't done anything wrong. I, I'm I'm still not sure that Georgiev can 100% be a starting caliber goalie in the NHL. But he's proven to be at least a capable backup. So let him be the backup. Why not? Oh, absolutely. What do we got to lose? Yeah, I don't know. That, that's Georgiev has been phenomenal last year. And every time he plays the Leafs, he shuts them out. So I, I really want to see what Georgiev can bring in his second year of, uh, of major playing time. I think Hank will probably try and take a back seat, even though he definitely can't or won't. <laughs> so Something will happen there where Hank will be like, I need to play more games. Uh, but we'll, we'll see. He's getting to be an old, getting to be, or already is an old man for hockey terms. So, uh, the second for hockey terms, dude, I'm 30. He's got eight years on me. I feel fucking old as shit. There are times at work. I stand up from my desk just to walk around because I'm stiff as shit. Speaking of which, I turn 30 next week during the podcast. So we'll be having a little birthday cake together. Very fun. Uh, second, you gonna mail me a slice. You know, we don't live in the same. That's true. Region of the state. I can't open a bank account. Um, the second five-star question is, uh, this is question, I'm not a real question. It says, last week, Ryan, I saw on Twitter that you reviewed the entire Great Divide by JD and the Straight Shot. What was that experience like? Thanks for asking. Um, I sat through and listened to all 44 minutes of JD and the Straight Shots, the Great Divide 2019 AP, uh, LP, sorry. And my takeaway is this, Greg. The Straight Shot is, mm. a, is a professional band. Like, they make James Dolan sound sort of good in, in parts of the album. On top of that, I feel like James Dolan lacks some substance when he talks about some things in the album that needs some more edgy lyrics, and he is a little bit horny. He's a little bit after it. He's out there. I'm talking- sorry, did you say horny or corny? Uh, you H de- or C? You decide. <laughs> That's a choose-your-own-adventure game, isn't it? He's oh, out there. He's oh, out there getting after it. Uh, either way. Uh, the album... Ends with two covers in a row, one being Jessica, which has no lyrics, where James Dolan doesn't. Yeah, did you not? So when you, I, I was, I was keeping tabs on you. Yes. Did you not know Jessica was originally an Almond Brothers song? I did know that, but when it it came on, I was like, I know this song. 
what the hell is happening? And then I went and YouTubed it, and I was like, what? Because uh, I played Jessica a bunch on Guitar Hero back when I was like 13 years old. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 13? I don't know. It's 14, 15, something like that. Uh, you were in high school, motherfucker. Yeah, I was in high school when I was 14 and 15, Craig. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. I know, man. <laughs> uh, let's go Trey. let's go over to uh colin stevenson talk about some of the buyouts and some of the other range thing colin's a great interview honestly great hang we've had three beat writers now on and all been great getting larry next um do you want to come back and your do turn next? larry you're up or do you want to do you want to just come back and end it what oh wanna... are we still on the are we still recording we're yeah we are we're still recording right now oh uh yeah we'll come back and end it why not let's okay. fuck around all right we'll be right back after the colin interview here we go transition Hey, we're back. We officially have Colin Stevenson, who I shared a page with this week in Newsday on. Colin, <laughs> you are a beat writer for Newsday uh, for the Rangers. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, it's my pleasure. Uh, you know, what What else would I be doing while I, while I wait for the Rangers to make news, right? We're just waiting for the buyouts here. Um, I have to ask, when you first read about Church of Kako, or at least when Laura pitched it to you, what was your initial reaction? <laughs> You know what? That actually all went down without my knowledge. I found out after the fact. That's like, my favorite. I like Laura. She, she does a really nice job, and I, and I, and I did happen to like the story. So, you know, good job by you guys. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Um, I actually have one more question because I was thinking about it this week. Other than you, Vince, Rick, and Larry, are there any other Rangers beat writers? No. Well, no. I mean, unless you count uh, Michael Obenauer, uh, who, who obviously writes for the, for the Rangers website. Um, I used to, well, I didn't work with him, but he worked at the Daily News covering the Rangers for the Daily News years ago. So um, he's not, you know, he, he kind of came in from the journalism side, even though he works for the team now. It's, it's uh, So, we, you know, we, we kind of take him as one of ours. But, no, it's just, it's uh, it's Larry and me and Vince and uh, and, and Rick. You know, it's a, it's a fabulous foursome. We're very you know? good friends with Vince and Rick. Uh, obviously, this is your first time on the show. We thank you so much. So we're kind of trying to collect all the beat writers. So we have to get Larry. That's next. <laughs> we got to get Larry. We've collected all the stones and we could snap our fingers. And then uh, we could win a Stanley Cup. That's our plan, at least. Uh, I, don't, right, right. I, I don't even know where to start with the Rangers offseason. Obviously, the Rangers and Devils have, two, have had very active offseasons while the Islanders very stand right. idly by. And watch as the boats go out to sea. Um, was there a surprising move for you this offseason? Is there anything that stands out, especially for the Rangers, or was just everything in general has been just so much and overwhelming? No, no, no. There's, there's nothing that that's been a surprise. I don't think. Well, no, I take that back. I will say that getting Truba, the trade for Truba, was something that we didn't necessarily see coming. Um, I guess Larry had written a column saying that or had written a story Larry Brooks had written a story saying that that uh the Rangers and Islanders are both trying to get him um but I had actually spoken to someone um shortly before that who who had mentioned Truba's name had come up but I didn't I didn't think that they were you know I didn't think they were going to be able to do it um so I didn't really pay too too much attention to it and then they did it so that's probably the one thing that I would think um sort of caught you know, caught me by surprise because, in fact, that day um, I was in the office at Newsday and, and had written, uh, you know, Andrew Gross had written a story about the defenseman on the market and Trubo's mentioned and, and Eric Carlson, who, you know, was going to be a free agent and all that kind of stuff. And we just kind of a general story. And then, you know, we drove back and, you know, I got home and I was home about a half an hour and, you know, I get the news that they had made the trade for Trubo. So that's the one thing that they've done 
that um, I didn't really expect them to do. Everything else, I think, has gone according to plan. You know, we, you know, we knew that they were going to go after Panarin. They did. Um, once they won the number two pick overall, I mean, I think they almost got lucky in getting the two pick instead of the one pick um, because, you know, the pressure's off of them. The Devils pick, pick the one guy, and, and then they take the guy that's left, and they're very happy to do so. So, you know, I mean, everything else, I mean, getting Adam Fox was something that we knew um, they were likely going to do. Uh, we knew that, that they had stockpiled all these picks and prospects, and they were going to start cashing some of them in. Um, so, no, there, there, there hasn't been anything um, that's, uh, that's been out of the ordinary. I suppose um, maybe, you know, I mean, they hired a minor league coach today, and maybe that took a little longer than we thought it would. But, you know, they've been busy. So if, if everything in your mind, Colin, has gone according to plan or as close to plan as we could have ever expected to go for the Rangers, are you right. then a little surprised that they've – run into such a problem to move out some salaries um yeah but i said but you know i listen jeff gordon's a smart guy and 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 i'm I'm sure that there's a contingency plan like they figured listen we might not hit on all these things but here's what we could do kind of and then they hit on all of them right you know they they knew that they they were the favorites to get panarin from day one you know we we knew that it was just a question of um whether he would take less money to come to Broadway, right? You know, I think he took at the end what's reported, he took like a million dollars a year less to come to play for the Rangers than he would have gotten from the Islanders or something like that. So, I mean, I think that was something that you you kind of knew you were the favorites to get him if you were willing to spend the money. And But, you know, you couldn't put it in the bank and say you were definitely going to get him because, you know, you knew that, you know, Florida had the no state income tax thing and, you know, the whole bit and, and was he going to go in a package deal with Bobrovsky? And so you, you couldn't be sure, although you, you know, you, you felt pretty good about your chances. The Truba thing, as I said, kind of, you know, happened. I don't know that, you know, they kind of swung for the fences and connected there. Uh, everything else has gone according to plan. So I think, you know, when you map out your off season, you say, okay, we're going to try and do this, 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 and this. And you know that if you hit on everything, you know, you could be in this position where you're going to have to, you know, trim some salary. And, but you probably don't at the beginning of the summer think you're going to hit on exactly everything, which they apparently did. So I don't know if you know this. You've probably never listened to this show before, and I don't blame you whatsoever. But uh, <laughs> my, my co-host here has been calling for that we were going to get Jacob Truba for two years. Very humbly didn't mention that right. when you said it. And I want to just thank Greg for a second. Greg, good job <laughs> holding back there. Well, because he, he Colin said it was going to be a surprise, and I was like, "Well, Colin doesn't know that." In 2017, Greg was like, "We're going to get Jacob Truba." Wow, great job, Greg. Yeah, you well, know, I'll call you Nostradamus. <laughs> well, it, it's it's great because today I used my powers for good again because I said we were 90 minutes away from recording, and uh, this is actually like a Mets podcast, it's just half a Mets buried podcast. under the veil of a Rangers podcast. Yeah, um, and I just said the Mets had 90 minutes to do something stupid. And they traded Jason Vargas in that 90 minutes. And it was, that wasn't even stupid, wow. but it, it just, it's, it, it's been a good day to be Greg. It's been a good summer to yeah. be Greg, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Why not? You know, I mean, it's, it hasn't been that hot. We had one, what, one hot stretch, like a well, pretty, pretty brutal weekend. Right yeah. Yeah. I'll take, you know. yeah. I'll take, I'll take the one brutal weekend, but Colin, I know the one thing, if something does happen this tonight, it's going to be buyout related. 
which means you're right. going to hang up on us and you're going to write a story and you'll have it up before we ever have this podcast up. Uh, <laughs> in in your mind, I, I I know Larry has planted his flag in the buyout Shattenkirk camp. Uh, in with speaking with Rick as much as I do, I know he's team buyout Shattenkirk as well. Do you have any inclination or you know what? I'll just we'll put it we'll put it on you. If you were Jeff Gordon and you needed to create cap space and you had to utilize a buyout, would Shattenkirk be your guy or would you go a different route? I would go a different route. Um, because you know, just because the buyout's gonna cost you so much money. Um, you know, if you buy out Shattenkirk now, yeah, you save money this year, but you've got a $6 million cap hit next year. You still have dead money from, you know, the Dan Girardi contract still on the books, I think, you know, and, and they've got all this dead money out there. They've got Spooner that's, that's on their books. And so I, I actually would, I would trade Kreider. I mean, I would trade him and try and get as much as I could for him and then do whatever else I had to, to get under the cap. Um, because look, if you don't trade Kreider, right, you're going to have to sign him. And how are you going to sign him? How are you going to pay him $7 million next year if you've got a $6 million cap hit in dead money from Shattenkirk alone on your books? You know what I mean? So that's what I would do. Now you then, then you're talking about, okay, well, now we got to buy out Mark Stahl. And we got, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's just uh, I I would avoid it. They have dead money on the books now, and I would I would avoid the buyout if if, if at all possible. I That's just, what I would. I just don't see how Chris Kreider is going to be on this team come even past the the trade deadline. Uh, every every inclination I've gotten from Jeff Gordon has kind of been like I don't think we have room for Kreider. It doesn't fit our timeline. It's just always been the feeling that I've gotten regarding Kreider. Every question he's sort of dodged. Uh, revolving around Kreider with his captaincy or possibly like the extension. Everything's been dodged forever. Uh, have you heard any interest from any other teams? Because there's not a lot of places you can move Kreider currently outside of the Avalanche uh, no. who like, haven't really shown interest. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, there there are places out there. I mean, I just read an article on Zach Parisi today, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, there is a team that, that made the playoffs a bunch of years in a row, missed it this spring. Um, and, you know, Parisi's 35. So, you know, his window's going to close soon. So, I mean, there's, you know, there, there are there are places out there uh, that probably could use him. The problem that you run into with Kreider, and it's, 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 it's become an age thing, right? So he's 28 now. Uh, he's probably going to look to make, you know, what's been written and tossed around most often is $7 million, you know, a year, something along the lines of what Kevin Hayes got. So, I mean, you know, that's a lot of money. And if you think in seven years, seven million, that's forty-nine million uh, over seven years. Well, he's going to be thirty-five at the end of that. You're going to be paying a thirty-five-year-old power forward who stands in front of the net seven million dollars in the last year of the contract. I mean, it's just. And listen, I'm not saying it's because I don't like him or, I, or because I don't think he's productive or, or not a good player. I think, I think he's a good guy. I think he's a good player. I think he's a good fit for their team. I just don't know that they can afford him. And, you know, and, and so that's, that's where I'm coming from. Um, and, and if you look at what they did in getting Panarin, that's your first line left wing now. So now Kreider's dropping down to your second line. Are you going to pay 7 million bucks for a second line left wing for seven years? No. And I love Chris Kreider. He's, he's my favorite Ranger and has been before Capocaco was drafted. And now things have changed, but right with, with Kreider himself, like, 
if he was to extend for maybe three or four years, absolutely right. I would do right. that. But there's sure. yeah. but but for the person himself, man, get your money, get paid, get your bags. There's no way he would ever sign for four years, even if no matter how much he loves New York. So I just see that. Right. I just see we trade us trading him either before the season or at the deadline, which I think trading Kreider at the deadline might cause some controversy within the locker room. But uh, I guess we'll just have to wait and see how that plays out. Yeah, you, you know, I'd have to say, you know, like I, I spoke to someone today uh, that, you know, told me as far as this person knows, the Rangers and Kreider's agent haven't really even talked about an extension. That makes he, sense. Wouldn't you think that they, you know, if if they were gonna sign him to an extension, shouldn't they at least have sat down? I know, I know the GM's busy. Well, well, Colin, you hot. know what that sounds like, right? Like I just spent a year covering the team like you did. Just you, you have access, and I sit right. at, sit at a computer. Right. But the quotes I read are all the same from Kevin Hayes. All the Kevin Hayes right. quotes were, you know, the agents haven't even spoken with the Rangers about an extension right. at all. The Rangers have been like uh, putting fingers in their ears and walking away. So that's 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 why I think that there's no chance. Like we're talking less than two percent here on extending Kreider. I just don't see it happening. So people people out there that love Chris Kreider like me, uh, it's time to start swallowing that pill that like you did with Zuccarello and realize that maybe your your last other than Henrik piece of the former Ranger core is probably going to be gone. Right, right, right. I mean, and and and, and listen again. It's not because I don't like him. It's not because I don't think Same. he's a good player. It's Same. not because I don't think he's a good fit for the Rangers. I just think that, you know, if you look at if you look at all the evidence, I mean, it just it just seems like you know this is really. And then the other, you know, you mentioned maybe trading him at the deadline. You probably would get more for him at the deadline, but then you have to trade everybody else to get under the cap. Then, right? Well, I that mean, like, that's sort of been the plan, is, right? Like trading Nemestikov or Strom at this point, like. We we kind of missed out buying out Strom, which is upsetting. I guess we had plans for that. Uh, I know Greg, you've mentioned before, and correct me if I'm wrong. You, we could have bought him out for a very cheap price. Is that right? Yeah, there there was some stipulation since Strom is a certain age at a certain time that the Rangers could have bought him out and basically just been on the hook for less than or in the neighborhood of five hundred thousand dollars. But that has come and gone, from what I understand. I right. think. Yeah. I think that had to be done the first window. So, but, but all right. So they didn't do that because at that time, of course, they didn't know um, that they were going to, you know, they, they couldn't be sure that they were going to get uh, Panarin. Right. So, I mean, you, you know, at the end of the day, you had a chance to get Panarin, you go get him and then you do whatever you got to do to make it work. Right. So mm-hmm. that's where they find themselves now. And, and, and I think, you know, look, if they could have traded Nemesnikov, I'm pretty sure they would have done it already. You know what I mean? Like, uh, if 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 they could, they could move these. If they could have traded Strom, and Strom played very well for them toward the end of the year. I mean, so, you know, I mean, he, I would think he has some value. Um, if they could have traded either of those guys to create cap space, I, I'm pretty sure they would have done it already, right? And and wouldn't be going through this. But right now, I think, you know, they're just looking at all the options and, and using up all the time that they have uh, before they actually have to make a move. And, you know, I don't know as we speak, you know, whether they are going to buy anyone out before the before the window closes. Um, but, you know, I guess we'll find out soon enough and then and then we'll know, you know, if they don't buy anybody out, then, you know, then I think that it doesn't look good for Crowder being here. Absolutely not. Now, from Colin, from what I'm picking up from what you're saying is you're you're pretty much across the board team, no buyouts at all. So 
you would rather not even you would rather it you would be more comfortable the Rangers carrying someone like Brendan Smith for the entire season as opposed to buying him out uh you know I mean you never say never I, I certainly would never say never but yeah I, I I would you know if if well put it this way I, I you know I don't want to give Kreider away I mean I think one of the you know we talked about you know Larry Brooks and what you know speculation he's made um and put in print. And I think one of the things that he said that stuck with me is, you know, he's not going to trade Kreider for nothing just to get under the cap. I mean, you know, if you're going to trade Kreider, you'd have to get some assets back that make it a good trade for you. You know, you're not, he's not just a salary that you're getting rid of. So, I mean, that would be my caveat, you know, I mean, I'm, you can't, just trade Kreider just to get rid of his salary. That, that's that's ridiculous. But I'm, to, I'm other teams right now, right? Like I'm other teams looking at this situation. I know that you just got Panarin and you signed True, but you're in cap hell. I'm not giving you a good deal here for Kreider. Like I'm helping you by taking him, so I'm trying to pay less. So now the Rangers are in a disadvantage situation, especially when it comes to negotiating any of their trades. Absolutely, there's no question about it. But I mean, you know, if you're the, it, it, that's where it becomes a game of chicken. Do you want this guy or do you not want this guy? You know what I mean? Like, here's a, a 28-year-old power forward who's 6'3 and 225 or whatever he is, and, and he stands in front of the net, and, and, you know, he's a good guy. He speaks Russian. You know, I mean, he's, he's an intelligent guy. He plays the right way. I always love how speaks uh, Russian comes into Kreider's, like, resume. He speaks, like, very little it. of it, but, like, the amount of, like of that comes up is like, hey, Chris Kreider, great hockey player, speaks Russian. It's, like, number two on his Wikipedia page. It's unbelievable. Well, but, see, <laughs> I, I like it because it just tells you that here's a guy that, that's a pretty smart guy. Right. You know, I mean, how, how many, how many guys, you know, I don't speak Russian. Nope. I, you know, I don't know if either one of you guys do, but uh, no, Ryan, guys, Ryan know, is still me. very much trying to learn English. English He's is really super tough for me, Colin. I gotta be honest, spelling, reading, typing, everything. Yeah. So anyway, so that's, that's what I'm saying is like, no, you can't give the guy away just to, you know, you can't trade him, you know, just to remove a salary because he's too good a player for that. But, but if you can, you know, if you can get it, if you're confident that you can get, back a decent return for him then i think that that's the, the way i would go but but that's why you know that's what makes it so interesting the buyout window is going to close in, in you know probably 24 hours or well, i guess 48 hours and um so you, you don't have a lot of time to to make that call so you know we'll see all right last buyout uh, question you know, for I'm, me <laughs> is I'm, I'm just, this I is my last wait. one i know it's, it's coming close and as soon as you hang up this phone it's going to happen so i appreciate you coming on <laughs> before this goes down but uh, has there been any talk or literally anything about buying out Mark Stahl ever? Mark Stahl's sort of been a, I don't know, a character on this podcast or a character for everybody that has gone back and forth. People love Mark Stahl. People hate Mark Stahl. He's definitely polarizing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it, it goes yeah. back and forth. Has there been any talk of him getting bought out, even though he's sort of pseudo-captain? Uh, you know, I think, you know, I think that there, I'm sure that, I'm sure it's been looked at. Absolutely. Um, but I think it makes less sense than the other two guys because he played better than the other two guys last year, right? He did. He played better than Shattenkirk, and he played better than Smith, right? And 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 the other thing is, did uh, did he play, did he play better than Shattenkirk though, or do we just have yeah. the perception that Shattenkirk was bad? Because this is uh, this is one of the things for me that gets gets like stuck in my craw the most. Shattenkirk wasn't Shattenkirk last year, but by right. Just about every metric there is, Shattenkirk was still one of the two or three most effective defensemen the Rangers had. And that includes Mark Stahl, who was not in that top-tier group. Well, so, 
you know, you can you can do a lot of funny things with numbers, right? I mean, and, and I'm not the biggest analytics guy, and I you know and all that, but I will tell you that if you look at how much ice time that Stahl got versus how much ice time that Shattenkirk got, and who Shattenkirk was out on the ice against versus who Stahl was out on the ice against. I mean, Stahl was on the first pair most of the time. He's out against the top guys. Shattenkirk was on the third pair most of the time. Um, uh, and, and Shattenkirk didn't give you what he's supposed to give you, which is, you know, offense on the power play and stuff like that. He couldn't, couldn't get on the power play for the most part. So I, I think Mark Stahl gave you what you expected from him, and Shattenkirk didn't give you what you expected from him. So, you know, it's not simply comparing apples to apples. They're two different guys, and you, and you need different things from them. So, you know, I, that, you know it's, a, it's an excellent point you raise if you compare the two of them to each other. But I, I think you have to look at what you expect from Stahl, what you want from him, versus what you want from Shattenkirk. And, and yeah. if you I, look I, at it that way, I think, I think Shattenkirk didn't give you what he needed to give you, you know? And, and, and so, therefore, I think he... You know, I think Stahl then would have more value. Plus, the other thing is, um, you know, is the lefty-righty thing, which, you know, is or is not a big deal. But if you look at how the Rangers line up and if you look at, okay, Truba's a righty, we assume they're going to re-sign D'Angelo. He has no real choice. And then, you know, if you think that Adam Fox is going to make the team, um, you know, that's where Shattenkirk going to play, you know, and that's that's the argument. Whereas if you look at the left side, um, Stahl's probably in your second pair. You know what I mean? So that's, I think, if you look at the value to the team, that's why I think it, it probably would make less sense to buy out Stahl, even if, as you say, comparing the metrics of the two guys, you know, Shattenkirk's better, you know? Sure. You've got to look at I'll, it in context. Yeah, I'll, I'll hear you on this point. We all have higher expectations for Shattenkirk than Stahl because – we all assume at this point in their careers, Shattenkirk should be the better player. And that's that's fair. And we can both agree that Shattenkirk didn't live up to expectations last year, which I would agree with you on that. Even coming off a, a year rehabbing a knee injury, it was a disappointing season from Kevin Shattenkirk. I just think at the end of the day, and I know Ryan and I have talked about this before, Kevin Shattenkirk's D-plus performance, which was last year, graded on a curve is still better than Mark Stahl's C plus performance last year, given what we, all we expected Mark Stahl to do was basically like not die. Show up. We just wanted him to, we just wanted him to put ice skates on. Yeah, breathe. He didn't. Colin. He didn't. And and honestly, and honestly, you, I mean, again, you don't listen to the podcast. And if in this one slice, you can think that Ryan and I are very cruel to Mark Stahl, but there were plenty of nights where, Ryan and I were actually praising Stahl's pairing with Tony D'Angelo because right. for whatever reason, that pairing just seemed to work. It, it, it clicked yeah. in, a, in a way that it, it really didn't make a lot of sense just thinking about it before the season. But for whatever reason, when the season started and they were in the middle of it, Tony D'Angelo played some of his best hockey next to Mark Stahl, and that deserves praise in and of itself. But right. The thing that I hesitate with is just like, I also watched Neil Pionk all year. And I watched right. Neil Pionk get top pairing minutes when he was literally right. drowning. And I would watch right. Neil Pionk get power uh, penalty kill minutes when he was literally drowning. I so, right. And as you said, though, 
I know you're not the only one who thinks this way because we just saw the Winnipeg Jets trade for Neil Pionk. And one of the reasons they cited being comfortable making that deal in which they gave up Truba was they cited his time on ice. And I was like, that that's cool. He played 20 minutes a night and there were 20 bad minutes a night. Like, well, I just, there were 18, Greg, relax. To be fair to Neil, I mean, he was, he was stronger earlier in the season. And I think, you know, the second half, he didn't have a strong second half, whether it was an injury or overuse or whatever it was, but you know, he played a lot because who else was going to play? You know what I mean? So the Rangers um, won. They tricked I, I, us to think he was good. So, and they got Jacob Trouba right. for him. So I can't complain. And they got Jacob Trouba for him. So I mean, you know, I mean, they, they, uh, they you know, they win that one. So I, I think that look, the stall, the stall D'Angelo thing. I like it. I'd like to see more of it. Um, stall will just you know hang in the back, and Tony can just you know fly up the ice and do what he does, and, uh, and know that Stahl's behind him. And and uh, and I think that that you know that helps Tony. You know. Um, so, but but yeah, if you if you're choosing, you know, we're we're gonna agree to disagree. If you're gonna if you're gonna yes. say you'd rather buy out Stall and keep Shattenkirk, you know, I, I I would go the other way. If 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 I have to buy one of them out, I would look at the rest of the roster and I would say, yeah. well, I have Truba, who's a righty. I have Yanzo, who's a righty. You know, I mean, Kevin Shattenkirk is not re- you know playing third pair and second power play is not why you have Kevin Shattenkirk on the team at 6.65 million. So, you know, I'm at the crazy point. I'm at the crazy point now. I mean, I've never considered buying out Shattenkirk just not just because I think he's still an effective hockey player, but also just understanding the financials of it. It doesn't actually create the Rangers any wiggle room in year two. So why buy out a guy you're not actually getting financial breathing room from? Um, Right. But I'm also, I'm also honestly, there was a time on this podcast where I was preaching for Mark Stahl buyouts. It's come and gone. At this point, there's two years left on his deal. And whether right. I think Mark Stahl is a good defenseman or not, the right. New York Rangers look at that guy as an extension of the coaching staff on the ice, and they see value of that. And if, if they think that's valuable and they want to keep it around and they don't want to eat the buyout for the next four years after that, Fine. Right. I am more than All fine with it. You you know, look at it. Look at it this way too. You are gonna be pretty young, right? You can't. Yes, Espe- especially on the defense. Especially right. on the Stahl defense. is what thirty one, and Shattenkirk's thirty, and I think Brendan Smith is thirty. Um, so and everybody else is young. Truba is twenty five. Uh, Shea is twenty five. You know, D'Angelo is twenty four. Or gonna be twenty four. Fox is 21. Hayek, if he makes a team, I'm assuming he's going to make a team. He's 21. You know, you need a couple of old guys in the room, you know? And, and so now, do you need all three of them? Maybe not. Maybe you don't. But, uh, you know, I think that Stahl has value in in other things beyond, you know, his ability to skate or, or do those things. You know, he's also a big fella, 6'4 and, and two-something. Two so, um you know, you could use that. I mean, if you look at what else you got. Um, so, I mean, there's, this, you know, we could go around and around and around on this. Um, I, I don't want to buy anyone out you know, yeah. at all. In, uh, in summary, I, and, and I think what we're saying is goodbye, Chris. It was a great time. <laughs> well, you know, again, I mean, it, it, I it get no pleasure out of saying that. But, of course, same. But Absolutely I'm saying, same. you know, to, you know to, 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 to maneuver your salary cap, I mean, this position you're faced with, that's the way I would go if it was me. If I could, I would, again, I would uh, you can't just dump them. You got to get yeah. something back. 
as as a betting man as I am, and now that it's legal here in the state of New York, which <laughs> praise be, uh, I do think within the next thirty six hours there will be an article in Newsday from Colin Stevenson about Brendan Smith getting bought out by the New York Rangers. I well, do think that's going to happen. You know, I wouldn't and listen. It wouldn't break my heart either. I mean, because I would understand it. But you know what? And here's the other thing: I would be able to stomach that buyout a lot better than a Shankirk buyout just because it would be less expensive. Exactly. I mean, less, you're less a lot expensive less dead money. Less expensive and I I I I will just die on the hill that I I think Shattenkirk still has a little kick left whereas Brendan oh, Smith yeah. I think it's pretty clear that guy is it was in I like I'm still intrigued by how the Rangers used him last year basically turning him into a utility player but yeah. if if you're trying to shave millions off your roster the first place you go to is the 23rd man on your roster. And I think that's Brendan Smith. Well, you know what? And that, and that, that would be, you know, that I, I, all right, I'll, I'll agree with you there. I just, it, that's, that alone is not going to do it. So that's, that's kind of what I was. Right. Doing. I, well, I, but I agree I, with both of you guys where I think Kreider is also getting traded. I just think, I think know. they're doing both. And I think Smith yeah. is the first domino to fall. If you buy out Smith and keep Shattenkirk, you're still going to have to trade somebody. So yes, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to make as little, you know, a few ripples in the in the whole thing as possible. So that's 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 where I'm coming from. But yeah, I agree with you. If you if you have to buy someone out, that's the one I would do. Colin, you've been very gracious with your time and appreciate you coming on. But before I let you go, I have to ask. We have a segment on Bring Breakaway it. we started recently called the Kegger, and it's all about Greg McKeg. Now, there's not a lot of uh, information <laughs> of about Greg McKeg online, and a lot of it seems false. You are a beat writer for the New York Rangers. Can I send you one question a week to ask Greg McKeg? You could say no. You know what? Yeah, you know what? That's fine if yes! if, if he's around. Uh, uh, I I I saw him play. You know, I covered the Islanders uh, series in the playoffs. The, the you know against right. the Penguins and the and, and the Hurricanes, and I saw him play. I mean, I think he might have scored too. I mean, he, he had a pretty good series. I, against the I think he's going to be the fourth line starting center for the New York Rangers. So. And if he and if he is, I will be sending you questions to ask him once a week. Just one question, well, very simple. It. Uh, you know, like you know, it's a long winter. I mean, I'm sure I'm gonna This is great for the kegger segment. All right, Colin, why don't you plug yourself before we let you get out of here? All right. Well, you know, I I've really had a fun time. You know, Thanks, I, man. I uh, appreciate appreciate you guys giving me a chance to come on with you. You know, we've you know, it's it's always great talking hockey in July. Please, please come back on uh, when it's actual hockey season, and we will. <laughs> we record every Monday night for the last four years. We've never missed a show, so we'll, we'll always right. be around. You know how to reach me. I do. You can find Colin on Twitter. You can probably type in New York Rangers beat writer, uh, and he pops up. But I'm bringing up your actual handle now, unless you want to say it. No, it's it's uh, just at Colin A. Steph. Okay, perfect. I was just S-T-E-P-H. got there. Yeah, and you can read Colin every Sunday on Newsday. I think that's also correct. Um. Thanks, Colin, so much. We'll talk to you soon. All right, fellows. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks, Colin. Peace out. Hey, ending the show now. Colin, an amazing guest. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in this week. I wanted to give Greg, my dear best friend, uh, a couple minutes here, if you if you really want it, to talk about the New York Mets. But before we do that, Gregory, I just have to thank, as always, our major Patreon supporters, Brian Doyle, Tori from Manhattan, Eric Stagg, Mike Smith, Benjamin Waters, and, of course, Sean Taggart, who also writes for the website. Could not do without you, the backbone of Blue Shirts Breakaway. The Metropolitans of New York? If only if you want this time for yourself. You don't have to. We can end the show gracefully. We could say, 
Thanks everyone for listening. You can follow us on Twitter, etc. Orimi, Blue Shirts Break, the, the old spiel. You could talk about how Noah Syndergaard wasn't traded. You could talk about it. You know, whatever you want to do. I'm, I'm leaving you the open well, floor. Here's, here's the thing. Everyone's expecting me to have a strong New York Met take. Mm-hmm. I can't have it yet because they haven't fucked up yet. That it when the Mets fuck up, and we both know they will, it'll be scorched fucking earth when that happens. There's a way the Mets get out of this. They traded Jason Vargas today, which is perfect. Um, they're they. Oh my God, the Phillies said that they traded Vargas because he, they think he's going to be a big plus for their clubhouse. I love, I love the Jason Vargas trade the most because they sent him to the. Here's the thing that's actually, this is my Met rant of the day, and it's it's, it's a positive one, Ryan. Okay. Here's what happened with the Jason Vargas trade. Uh, the Mets self sabotaged their own division by giving them Jason Vargas, who is maybe the world's biggest smoke and mirrors pitcher in the entire national. You know, as I'm saying this, I'm going to look up what his numbers are in fan graphs because his FIP has to be over five. That dude just oozes hard contact. Um, and they sent him to the Phillies. And the Phillies legitimately think they made themselves better in this trade. It legit doesn't matter who the Mets got back in that deal. And who they got back is a literal uniform filler. He's someone that will never play an inning for the Mets. Um, and that's fine. He, he's just thoroughly bad. Uh, let's see. Da, 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 da. Do you wanna, thoroughly do, bad. Thoroughly bad. Do you want to guess Jason Vargas's FIP and XFIP this year? No, I don't. Just tell me. <laughs> his ERA is 401. I knew that. His FIP is 471. Okay. XFIP 522. That's high. He's been worth 1.1 wins this year eh. in 94 innings. Eh. Okay. That's a that's at best league average, if not maybe even a little bit below league average. If this guy was if you're a true playoff contender and this guy was your fifth starter, you'd be looking for ways to upgrade your fifth starter spot. Like Jason Vargas is not going to throw a pitch for them in the playoffs. They're not going to make the playoffs. That's that's no problem. But like if if the Phillies somehow made the playoffs and they brought Jason Vargas into a playoff game, how would you feel as the opposing team? I feel pretty good. You'd feel great. Yeah, I do. So so that's 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 part one. They traded Jason Vargas to the Phillies, who are big dum dums and think that they did something well. The second part is the Yankee fans reacting like Oh, they would trade within division, but they wouldn't trade with the Yankees. Yo, Yankees, if you wanted Jason Vargas, you could fucking have him. I don't think the Mets were ever hesitating to send you Jason Vargas. The problem with the Yankees is they're fucking smart, and they know better, and they don't want fucking Jason Vargas. But yet Yankee fans, the dummies out there in the world, are thinking to themselves like, ah, we missed on Jason Vargas. Gosh darn. Shucks. Fuck. Ah, but the Mets traded him into the division. Ah, that means the Mets are stupid. No, what are you doing? Go get a real starting pitcher. Don't trade for Jason Vargas. Jason Vargas sucks. We just went over this. The reason the Mets aren't trading with the Yankees is because the Mets have Syndergaard and they're fucking morons if they trade Syndergaard. Yeah, they are very. That's why they're not trading with the Yankees. This isn't like, oh, the Mets, the Mets traded with the Phillies. They'll trade with anyone. No, the Phillies were stupid enough to take Jason Vargas. Full stop. End of story. That's it. If the Yankees want a real pitcher, which they should want, go get Robbie Ray. Go get Zach Greinke. What are you they, doing? I think they get Robbie Ray pretty cheap, and we'll see what happens with the Yankees. Um, they should get Zach Greinke. Just fucking eat the money. Who cares? The Yankees, right? 
Small baseball Yankees, baby. Small baseball. Uh, they pay a lot of money anyway. All right, we're out of here until next week. If you want to listen to some ridiculous shit I'm about to post on the Patreon bonus extra, you could, you know where to go. Follow me on Twitter at O'Ryan Mead, Church of Kako, Praise B. And you could also follow Greg. He runs the main account where he mostly tweets about the Mets and sometimes about the Rangers at Blue Shirts Break. All right, bye, guys. <laughs>